uh, passage of Scripture tonight and um, pull out the things that God is trying to teach us in this passage of Scripture out of Luke chapter number 17. We're going to begin with verse number 11 in this passage. And this is the story of the ten lepers that the Lord healed. And uh, we're going to look and see what the Lord did here in Luke 17. Notice verse 11. We'll begin reading there. And notice what the Bible says. It says, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you for the Bible tonight. Thank you that we have an opportunity once again to look into it, to study it, Lord, to see the truths in it. And God, I pray tonight we'd approach your word with a with a hunger to know it, with a desire, Lord, to hear from you. And Lord, I pray that, um, Lord, these next few moments, you just still our hearts and our minds and help us, I pray, to put everything in our life, everything that's going on in our life aside for these next few moments, Lord, and just focus on your word tonight. We know it's eternal, it's everlasting, it's never going to end. And so tonight we thank you for your word. Bless it tonight, Lord. Use it in each one of our lives for your glory and honor. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this is the story in the Bible, as many know of, as the story of the healing of the ten lepers. But the truth is, is that in the midst of the story, there are many details that make the story all the more understandable and important. We see um, that the Bible says that Jesus was heading to Jerusalem here, probably for a feast of some kind. And the Bible says that as he, as it came to pass, that as he went to Jerusalem in verse 11, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now, I want you to notice that Samaria was located typically north of the city of Jerusalem. And it was a place where Jews and Jerusalem, uh, Jews and Samaritans did not cross each other's lines. The uh, Jews hated the Samaritans, and the Samaritans hated the Jews. And uh, the Jews even called the Samaritans dogs. And, um, and they hated each other. They, um, they didn't like each other. Now, as Jesus was passing through... Depending on where he was coming from, if he came also from the north, he had to go out of his way to go into Samaria and Galilee before he entered Jerusalem. 
I believe that the Lord Jesus had a heart for the Samaritans. I believe the Lord Jesus wanted the Samaritans to know Christ. Uh, can I tell you that, you know, I don't think a Christian uh, should have a spirit of hatred toward others. Amen? I don't think we should live with hatred. There are some things that are wrong in this world that should bother us, absolutely. And there are things in this world that are not right, and a Christian should stand for right. But I don't believe a Christian will allow hatred to live in his heart and his life, because hatred will destroy a person from the inside. And so Jesus passes through Samaria. Uh, and by the way, in, in the book of John, it tells a story of he, he went to the, uh, the Samaritan woman, got saved. Uh, there also, Jesus at that time also felt the need. I think he had a heart for the Samaritans. And can I tell you what? We ought to have a heart also for people that may not necessarily like Christianity. You know, I think we ought to have a heart for them. I, I mean, they can be ugly, cantankerous, hateful. But I still think we should have a heart for them. And you know, the truth is, is that every Christian should realize that there is one main problem with the lost, and that is that they do not have a knowledge of Christ. And because of that lack of knowledge of Christ, they don't have him in their heart. They haven't been taught the Bible. But because of that, Christians need to have a heart for those who don't even love them. We ought to have a heart for people like that. I think a Christian ought to have a heart to desire to see Muslims saved. I think uh, the Muslim doctrine is one of the most um, uh, opinionated opposite of Christianity. Uh, and Muslims today typically, uh, not all, but Muslims today typically do not like Christianity and many of them hate Christians. But I, I believe we have an example of Jesus in this passage of Scripture, how the Lord Jesus Christ went to them even though they did not like each other. Now that's amazing to me that Jesus would do that. But I'm glad that Jesus does go out of his way for those who even do not like him or do not care. Jesus goes out of his way. You ever stop to think that those who hate God, God still gives them the sun every day, the moon and the stars? God still takes those who hate him and, and, and God is still good, even to the lost man? Why, um, the air that they breathe is given by God. The food that we eat is given by God. Um, and, and God still is good even to the man that hates him. Because it's the very nature of God to be good. God is good. Even to those, even to those who hate him and do not like him. And so we see the Lord Jesus coming to Jerusalem, but he, he is passing through the midst of Samaria. Notice that word, the midst. And by the way, don't miss a lot of the words in your Bible. 
a lot of the words in your Bible, we'll look at a few more in this passage, but these verses particularly uh, show some important things. Jesus didn't go around the edge of Samaria. He went right through the middle, right through the middle. He was not afraid of what they would do to him. He was not afraid of what they would say to him because his heart was on them. Oh, listen, I believe every Christian ought to have a heart for people. I said every Christian ought to have a heart for people. And you know, it's easy to love the ones that are kind and nice. But the test of our Christianity is do we love the ones that are not nice? Do we love the ones that curse us? I was in the back of the church one day, back here doing some things, and a man walked in the door. And he walked in and he said, all he said was, he says, I want some money. He didn't say hello. I looked at him and said, I do too. Have you got any? No, I didn't say that. Um, but you still got to have a sense of humor. Amen. I, I said, uh, sir, I'm sorry. We just don't. Before I got my sentence finished, he cussed at me and walked out the door. Now, I'll be honest. It'd be hard to be nice to a man like that. But I think Jesus would do that. Because Jesus looks past the person, and if they can see who he is, then he can reach into their heart. And that's what happened in the passage. So I want you to notice five things about the passage. Number one, I want you to notice the recognition of the lepers. What do the lepers recognize? Notice verse number, uh, verse 12. And as he entered into a certain village, he's in Samaria now. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Now, if you were in Jerusalem, you would not see lepers. You know why that is? Because there were laws restricting lepers and leprosies in the city, in the cities. They had specific cities that the lepers were to go to. Because leprosy was not to be spread through all around. But you see, there was a different rule. There were a different code of conduct done in Samaria than that you see in Jerusalem. Now, if you actually take your Bible and go back to the book of Leviticus chapter 14, you would see all the laws that God specifically laid down for lepers and leprosy. Uh, lepers were not to be in the part of the city lest their, um, lest their leprosy would be contagious and it would give leprosy to the others. And leprosy is an awful disease. It causes your, your, your fingers and your, your toes uh, eventually to decay and fall off. I don't know all the medical things about it, but, but it's, it's a terrible, terrible disease. And and by the way, leprosy in Scripture is a picture of sin. And that is why the Lord Jesus, or, or, or God, uh, told Moses to take the lepers. They were to go into a city, and they called them cities of refuge. 
And they were to go to those cities and live out their lives there in leprosy. So they did not spread it. It was a contagious disease. It was worse than COVID. And they didn't walk around wearing masks either. They didn't. But you'll see lepers in Samaria, but in Jerusalem, you won't see lepers. You know why that is? It's because there is a religion of the Samaritans that's different. The Samaritan religion was a mix of corrupted Israelites and pagan foreigners. It was this, it was this conglomeration of people. And they had a temple that they had built on what's called Mount Gerizim there. And they built a temple on top of Mount Gerizim. And, and they, they were worshiping really nothing and no one. But that was their religion. They had no, uh, by the way, just be thankful that we serve a God who has a plan for spiritual leprosy. Amen. God had a plan for spiritual leprosy. Boy, I'm glad I got in on that plan. Amen. I'm glad God saved me. He took my spiritual leprosy when I was, I was ready to die. Everything in me was about to fall off. But the grace of God came in and saved me and gave me a new home. And I, and, and I get to go to heaven after it's all over. Amen. Thank God, God cured leprosy. But I want you to know that the Samaritans had no cure. They had no cure. They're just standing there in the midst of the city. And the Bible says here that these 10 lepers, they kind of stood afar off. And when they stood afar off, uh, uh, well, let me go back a little bit and explain to you a little bit more. In the book of Nehemiah is where the Samaritans find, start coming up. And during the time of Ezra, the priest. Now, when the Jews were carried away into Syria in 586 B.C., all the Jews were carried away to Babylon. In that time, it kind of left the land open. At that time is when the uh, Samaritans had come in and kind of uh, gathered and assembled and grown in those 70 years just north of Jerusalem in the area of Samaria. Now, when Ezra and Nehemiah came, you know, Ezra built the temple and Nehemiah built the walls. Um, when, when they came, um, it was the Samaritans that gave Ezra trouble. It was the Samaritans that gave Nehemiah trouble as he was building the wall. And some of you might remember some Sanballat and Tobiah and uh, different ones. They were... Uh, some of them were blends of this Samaritan religion that left God out and, and sad to say it didn't have a plan for the lepers. It had no plan for the leper. And so in Nehemiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 14, some 500 years later, these Samaritans were still there all the way to the time of Jesus. They were there, and the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. They didn't get along. And you can understand why. But I think that's part of why this story is miraculous. Because I want you to see, secondly tonight, the passion of these lepers. Look at verse number 13. 
It says, and they lifted up their voices. Now notice the words of the verse. By the way, I'm glad I have a King James Bible. Because you're not going to see all these words in some strange version. Amen? Hey, listen, when you got the right thing, stick with it. Amen? All right, so look at verse 13. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. (laughs) There's only one person that had a plan for their leprosy. It wasn't their pagan religion. It wasn't their philosophies. Go up to the temple on Mount Gerizim and pray to your false god all you want. But he doesn't have a plan for you. He doesn't have a... But somehow, somehow they knew that Jesus was the one that had the plan for them. They said, Jesus, what's the next word? Master. Master? Jesus, my master? That's what he said. Have mercy on us. I want to tell you something. We live in a world that may be antagonistic to Christians, but there are many out there who really do know that Jesus is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. They know it deep in their heart. They just have to open their heart and accept it and get on board with Jesus and start following him with all their heart. And these lepers here, they're coming to Jesus and (coughs) they said, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And you know really what he's saying, what they're saying is, Master, we're lepers. Would you show compassion on us? He didn't have to go through Samaria. He didn't have to go through this this region. He could have gone a, a less difficult way. But he said, I'm going right through the middle. I won't see those lepers. Because I have got the power to heal them and cleanse them. Thank God. Thank God we serve a God of that kind of compassion and that kind of interest in us. What a blessing. What a blessing. And they went to Jesus and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And what did Jesus do? What do you think Jesus did when he saw him? No, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm going to go on my way. I got other things to do. No, notice what he said. Verse 14, and when he saw them, he said unto them something strange. He said unto them something strange. Go show yourselves unto the priests. Now, wait a minute. Don't you think Jesus could have just said, be healed? And that leprosy would be gone? Don't you think Jesus did that? You know, Jesus also has a requirement for us when he wants us to be healed. You remember Naaman the leper? You remember him? Jesus could have looked at him and said, you be healed. But he didn't. He said, go go wash seven times in the 
River uh, Euphrates, I think it was. Euphrates. There was obedience connected with his cleansing. Amen? Can I tell you what? If a person ever gets saved and gets cleansed of their sin, there's obedience connected with it. Amen? Anybody alive out there tonight? Okay. Just, just making sure you're still there. Amen? So the Lord looks at them, and he, he does not say to them, be healed. He looks at them, and he says, go show yourselves to the priests. Now that's not all. And that, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now this is very, very important. And here's why it's so important. It's because a Jew was not supposed to touch a leper. That was against the law. All throughout Leviticus, it's explained. And when a leper was cleansed, they were supposed to go to the priest and verify. He was verifying that their leprosy was cleansed and that their leprosy was no more. So Jesus said, go show yourselves to the, to the priests. They were not healed yet. You know why? There was obedience involved in the cleansing. Obedience was involved. So they had to get up and obey the words of the Lord Jesus while they were still in their sin. Amen? Amen. Don't we get saved the same way? Don't we trust Christ the same way? Isn't it the same with us? You're in, it, God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. Romans 5, verse 8. And so he's saying to them, all right, I've got a task of obedience. Go show yourselves to the priest. <laughs> They're probably thinking, now, I don't think he was talking about the priests on Mount Gerizim because they didn't have a plan for the leper. I think he's talking about the, the priest in Jerusalem. Go to the high priest. Show yourself to him. Let him verify that your leprosy is cleansed. Let him, let him say it's taken care of. Your sin's cleansed. It's all go to him. So Jesus was saying, Get your shoes on. Grab your backpack. And I want you to go to Jerusalem. And as they went. See, God required the obedience before they were to go. And, and by the way, that's another reason why I believe in the altar. I believe when someone needs to get saved, they walk forward and come down the altar and get saved at the altar. I got saved at the altar. Amen? You say, why? Because there's some obedience and some action involved. And Jesus said, all right, go to the temple. Go show yourself to them. You see what he's saying? He's saying that if you obey, I have power to cleanse you. Amen? He's saying, all right, go show yourself to the leper. <laughs> Or to the priest. Show yourself to the priest. And there was another important point about this. 
Jesus could not touch the lepers himself or else he would have violated the law. And Jesus said, I am not come to destroy the law. I'm come to fulfill the law. So if Jesus would have actually gone to the lepers and touched them, he would have violated the law. But as they went on their way, there was some faith involved and some obedience involved, right? Uh, by the way, any person who ever gets saved is going to have to have obedience, faith. And that obedience is part of the repentance that's necessary. They had to realize they were lepers. They were sinners. They had to realize it. You know, I, I've had people before, years ago, I, we were talking to a lady. I forget who I was with. We went to a lady and um, was talking to her. She was sitting in her car, tried to give her the plan of salvation and, and um, tried to talk to her about the Lord. But she, I could tell she was just irritated. She was trying to be nice, but she was irritated that we were there. And I said, ma'am, can I show you what the Bible says, how to be saved? <sighs> okay. That's what she said. So I began to show her. <sighs> She's going like this the whole time. <sighs> I got done and I invited her to be saved. I said, ma'am, do you want to be saved? Yeah, okay, let's, all right, let's pray. Let's, let's just do it. There was no conviction involved. There's no repentance involved. I mean, I didn't want to give the lady a false sense that she was saved. I want her to understand that this is serious business. Servant, uh, oh, salvations, you got to come with repentance and faith. Amen. So I'm simply saying to you tonight that Jesus, he demonstrated this to these, uh, to these lepers. And notice, uh, thirdly, I want you to notice the purity of the lepers. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. They were clean. Hallelujah. Uh, do you think uh, if they sinned, they could get their leprosy back? No. They were clean. Amen. Yeah. Hey, when God saves you, when God saves you, even if you do sin afterwards, in God's eyes, you're still declared clean. Amen. Now, there's a difference. And understand that our position in Christ is that we're saved. But let me say this. If we sin... When we're a Christian, our fellowship with God is broken. Yeah. And our fellowship needs restoration through, through uh, confessing our sins to God and making our hearts right with God. But positionally, when you get saved, you're saved. You're not getting your leprosy back. Amen? So they were cleansed. They were clean. And here's the best part of this, verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed. By the way, how long did it take him from the point Jesus said, go to the priest till the time he was healed? It wasn't far. You know how I know? 
Because he already turned back and saw Jesus. So he obeyed. He went. He's heading to Jerusalem. He looks down, takes a few steps. Whoa. Whoa. I'm clean. <laughs> I'm clean. He looks back and he turns to Jesus here. And he says, one of them was healed. He turned back with a loud voice. A loud voice. <clears throat> now, wait a minute. He's in a town where all the Samaritans are. And all these Samaritans hate Jesus. But he just got healed by Jesus. And he doesn't mind telling everybody about it. With a loud voice. This is where I, I get loud on my sermon. Keep a couple of you awake. Amen. With a loud voice. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. This leper's. He's a, that, that temple up there on that hill. That couldn't cleanse me. But a man named Jesus came by. He came through town. He came there on purpose. And he came right in the middle of the town where we were. And he said, if you'll just obey my words, I'll, I'll, I'll cleanse you. So he gets his shoes on. He looks down. Woo! I'm healed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And by the way, when I see this story, I also compare it with the woman at the well who was also a Samaritan. And do you know what she did when Jesus told her, would cleanse her of her sin, and Jesus told her, I know everything about you. She said, she said she went through the whole town telling everybody about Jesus. Amen. She went everywhere and she said, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna keep spreading, and I'm just gonna keep. Telling everybody about the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you something. Samaritans need to know who Jesus is. You know, the Samaritans in this world have been poisoned by a lot of false ideologies that are Christian. You know, they've been poisoned by a lot of Christians who aren't really real. And they look at that and they say, you know what? I don't want that. Reminds me of the quote of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He said, I would be a Christian if it weren't for Christians. Can I tell you, that ought never have a, a Samaritan ought never be able to say that. And you know the truth is that's really, that's really just an excuse. That's an excuse. But it's sad he even has an opportunity to say anything like that. It's sad. I'm saying to you, the one, look down. He said he was healed. Woo, boys. Check it out. Now, I don't know if his fingers came back or what. I don't know. I kind of like to think they just, whoop, grew on there. I don't know. I don't want to add to the Bible, Okay. I don't know, but I, I, somehow he was healed. I mean, he was healed. When Jesus does something, he does it right. right. Now, wait a minute. 
There's nine others. There's nine others. Notice Jesus says in verse 17, Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? He said, I, that one was glorifying me. He recognized I had a plan for his leprosy. He recognized it. But the other nine, they took what Jesus gave them and went on their way. You know, I believe this. I believe a Christian ought to live every day of his life with a certain amount of gratitude to God that he saved. I mean, we could die and go to the pit of hell and burn there forever and ever and ever. But we don't have to. Hallelujah. God had a plan for our leprosy. And when you bowed your head and prayed and got saved, that plan went into motion. And, and God saved us positionally. We are saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm going there. Can't go back. Can't send my way out. Boy, make that statement at your workplace tomorrow. I guarantee you, you'll get a few uh, raised eyebrows. But there were ten and nine left. Let me tell you something. They didn't return gratitude to God. But did Jesus still heal them? He still healed them. Jesus didn't look at them and say, Huh, you don't have any gratitude. What's wrong with you? Come back here and thank me. I'm the one who healed you. Jesus just let him go and passed on. But Jesus was broken in his heart that only one returned and said thanks. You know, I believe if we're going to have a close relationship with God, it is vital that thanksgiving be a part of it. Gratitude. Every day, wake up thankful. Thankful for the pillow you gave me, God. Amen. A chiropractor told me about a certain pillow. Buy it. I didn't want to buy it. Cost too much money. Every chiropractor pillow is too much money. I wanted to say, how much kickback are you getting off of this pillow? Got that pill. I started, bought that pill, started sleeping on it. I feel good. I wake up every morning. Thank you, I got that pillow. <laughs> you get a bed to sleep in, shoes on your feet, clothes in your body. You got, I mean, you may not have everything you want, but you do have your needs all supplied. I tell you what, there's a certain amount of thankfulness and gratitude that has to reside in us every day if, if we're going to be what God wants us to be. The ten just took what God gave them and left with it. But the one came back. But you know what's important is that Jesus, Jesus noticed those that were not gra- grateful. Where are the nine? Where did they go? What happened? Can I say this also? There are people that soul winners, you're going to reach for the Lord that never come to church. 
You're going to pray with them and they're going to be as sincere and genuine as, <laughs> as could be. And they probably were. But when it came time to come into church, thank God for what he did. You'll miss them. And I think there's a point in this passage of Scripture that teaches us soul winners. A lot of them aren't going to make it. Sad to say. But can I tell you, thank you. Thank God. Thank God for those ones. Thank God for that, that Jeremy McKenna. Thank God for that one who returns. Glorifies God. And lives their life to live in thankfulness for God. Thank God for Sam. Where's Sam? Sam here tonight? Well, don't thank God for him. Then. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Uh, thank God. Thank God for those who return. But I want to tell you something. The reality is, is the nine didn't return. And that's a sad reality. But it shouldn't discourage us. It should encourage us to find the one. Amen? Because there's someone out there. There's someone out there that needs you. In fact, there's probably 10 people that need you. And you've worked with all 10. And maybe only one of them is your fruit. But I want to tell you something. Thank God for the one. Jesus notices him. Jesus, Jesus is thankful for that one. Where are the nine, Jesus said. But notice verse 18. There are not found that return to give God glory, save this stranger. Jesus called him a stranger. You know why I called him a stranger? He never knew him before. He, he had no idea who he was. Now, Jesus is all-knowing, don't get me wrong. But I'm simply saying he called him a stranger because he was a stranger to the plan that God had for saving him. But when, you, when a stranger receives the plan of Jesus, uh, I tell you, he's a stranger no more. He's a stranger no more. Thank God. Thank God. He told him in verse 19, he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Oh, how important gratitude is our life, in our life. How important thankfulness is in our life. There's a four-year-old boy. He said he was thankful for his glasses. A four-year-old boy. Why, someone asked him, because it keeps the boys from hitting me? He said, no, because it keeps the girls from kissing me. Amen? I don't know how spiritual it was, but that was a good, good illustration. Amen? One day on the streets, Charles Spurgeon was robbed. Preacher was robbed on the streets of London. He got home and he told the story. And he said, thank the Lord anyway. His wife said, thank the Lord that somebody stole your money? No, dear, answered Charles Spurgeon. He began to enumerate some reasons he was thankful. First, I'm thankful the robber just took my money and not my life. The, 
secondly, I'm thankful I had left most of our money home and he didn't really rob me of much. Amen. Thirdly, I'm thankful to God that I was not the robber. Oh, you got a lot to be thankful for. God had a plan to heal your leprosy. And he went out of his way to come right where you lived. To come right in the spot where you were. And to have you call upon him. And if you obeyed him and did what he said, he'd save you. (laughs) And can I tell you? That's the reason we should live every day with gratitude and thankfulness in our heart. Well, I didn't get what I wanted today. (laughs) Could have been a lot worse. Couldn't have gotten anything at all. Preacher, my life's not that great. Hmm. It's really not that bad either. Can I tell you what? It even hits home with me even this week and the escapades that Brother Watson and I went on this week just to be a help and a blessing to old Timothy. Amen. Amen. Just hits home again sometimes. Just to be thankful for what you have, what God's done for you and how good he really has been to you. Because I want to tell you something. God's got a whole plan all for us. And he walked right through the midst where we were. And he found us in leprosy. And he said, I can take care of that. I heal you. Thank God. I say to you, live in gratitude. Let your thankfulness every day be known. Let somebody know you're glorifying God because you're saved. Just go somewhere and say, glory to God. Go to Walmart. Stand in the middle of the store. (laughs) Say, glory to God, I'm saved. Amen? And watch them scatter. Amen? Amen. Let somebody know. Glorify God. Let the Samaritans know the plan worked for you. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads.